In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I begin um, sermon, I want to say uh, what a pleasant surprise to have the choir with uh, us for today, part of the choir at least. And you can impress your friends at your next cocktail party. Let's say you're playing Trivial Pursuit and the question comes up in Trivial Pursuit. What is um, the three top holy days in the Christian church here? And we all will guess Easter, right? And the second one is not Christmas. The second one is Pentecost. And the third one, Christmas comes in number three. So this is a significant holy day. Uh, it brings to a close our Easter season. And it points us in a direction for mission. Now, uh, Friday, this coming Friday, I will be um, ordained 28 years as a priest. And I will tell you, I don't know how many sermons I have preached in that time. Uh, I feel as if every sermon is my first sermon. Um, I'll prepare, I'll put out notes. Sometimes you'll see them here. Sometimes I'll try to memorize them like today. But all the time, I am always scared out of my wits. <laughs> I am afraid to preach. And not just because I have seen so many people who can craft wonderful sermons. Um, it's like poetry. And I'm like, gosh, what am I doing up here? I, I feel I'm very afraid to preach. Today's gospel, where did you hear that gospel before? On the first day of the week, the disciples being gathered together in the upper room behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, for fear that they were going to come and get them. We heard it six weeks ago. It's always the gospel after Easter day. The fear that is in them, I can relate. One, because so often I'm like, Lord, I prepare, I read, I pull out books, I study, what do I say? They were fearful, what do we do? They're coming after us. And then just 10 days ago, another fear overswept them. Ascension day. Lord, you can't leave. You can't leave. What are we going to do? The power of the Holy Spirit comes. And it does not take away fear. It's not going to eliminate fear. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to help us go through it. In 28 years, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed me to climb these stairs. And even though people look and like, well, that was like a good sermon, or I'm definitely preaching to myself, and I'm afraid. Because the mission of the church, and by church I don't mean institution, but that is what it has come. The mission of the church is to show Christ to others. Now that we are, we are an institution, one of the worst Pentecost sermons I ever heard, I was a layman in Green Bay, and the priest, the very first thing he says is, happy birthday. And people just looked at him. 
He's like, happy birthday. Today is the birthday of the church. No, not really. Not in the sense, the birth of the church as an institution. But the start of the church with a capital C as the body of Christ. They received power to go through their fears. We read in Acts later on, if we were to continue in the chapter, and after Peter's first sermon, 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wouldn't that be a nice problem, if you will? We would be a megachurch. But that's not the heart of it. 3,000 lives were changed. And how were they changed? They were changed by the apostles and the disciples doing this. My life was like this. This is what my life was like. I was a fisherman. I was afraid. I was concerned about money. I was, I'm guessing they were married. I'm struggling with my kids, whatever. This is what my life is like. And then I meet this Jesus. And this is what my life is like now. I still have all of those things, the problems, the troubles, the fear, but I met Jesus, and I know that despite these things, I'm loved and cared for. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is how Christians are made. The church, with a capital C, is the only institution, if you let me use the word in this case as we talk about it, it's the only institution that exists for those who are not yet members of it. The church exists for those who are not yet members of it. We are here, and I stole that from Bishop Michael Marshall, if you ever Google it. We are here to Again, accept grace, especially on this day, to receive power of the Holy Spirit. To, it's already in us, but to have it activated because there are others who need to know about Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about just in terms of pulling out books. What did Peter do on his first sermon on the day of Pentecost? All right, I got a captive audience just a second here. St. Thomas Aquinas, Summa Theologia. That's a good book. Well, 1,200 years from now, St. Thomas of Aquinas is going to say this in his Summa Theologia. Peter doesn't do that. Or when Paul was going around preaching, he didn't say, hang on, Corinthians, wait, let me get... In my letter to the Romans, I say... For the first 300 years of the church, there weren't scriptures as we know it. There wasn't a body, a corpus of theology written as we know it. There were Christians who had this experience of Jesus. And in some shape or form, they allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to be activated in their life, to embrace it, and to tell others about him. We live in a time, of course, it's nothing new. 
Sometimes persecution less, sometimes greater. Sometimes people have more open ears, sometimes less. But our mission remains the same. It's not that we're going to pull out Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas or even have the scriptures memorized. Some people will not understand that. Some people may never ever read the gospel. St. Francis of Assisi says those wonderful words. He says, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. It is that power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us. And in what manner and in what form? Again, stealing from Bishop Michael Marshall, an English bishop retired, um, uh, a friend of Father and I and another friend. There were no mirrors in the upper room. There were no mirrors in the upper room so that people were sitting around and saying, oh, look, I got the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit. Look, it, it, he's on my head. No. They had to say to one another, look, you have the Holy Spirit. And you, and someone, and you, you have the Holy Spirit. There is the birth of the church. Community, relationship, interdependence on one another to see that the Holy Spirit is alive and working and dwelling and that now we can recognize it. You know, it wasn't that the Holy Spirit was sitting in his armchair for millenniums, for eons, waiting and saying, well, God the Father, you've had your chance, and the Son, you've had your chance. I've got to wait till Pentecost to show up. He was there, but on Pentecost, recognized, seen, believed. There is how others find out about Christ. What is the, the fears? I shared, that's one of my fears, preaching. You know how I hate it. The father was here, I was like, ah, four weeks in a row. My anxiety. But I have other fears. I have a bunch, bunch of fears, many times like when working secular employment. I was like most of you. I didn't have a job where I could go pray every day. Pray every day in a church, my job. But I had to find time for prayer. And I struggled. There were many times, Miss Diana could tell you, I don't have to preach today. I don't have to celebrate. I worked a long shift. Uh, I just don't feel like being there. And it's not that we should have guilt over those things. That is part of who we are as human beings. We're not hiding anything from the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is saying, if we can hear and listen, it's okay. I love and care for you nonetheless. And if you give me a chance, I will work through you. And if you give me a chance, I will alleviate your fears. 
And if you give me a chance, I will answer your questions. So I ask you, think, what fears, what apprehensions on this Pentecost Sunday go through your mind and in your heart and in your soul? I think if we all talked about it, we'd be surprised at how similar they all are. But the point isn't just for you to think about it. When you come for communion, and you place your hand in the form of a throne, and you receive Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, don't just receive Jesus. Give to him your fears. Before that host is placed in your hand or received on your tongue, leave your apprehensions there at the rail. Oh, you're going to pick them up, trust me. You'll grab them again. I do. I wish I could stay at the altar all the time. This is when I'm at my best. Sinless until even some thoughts creep in, but at least not action-wise. Leave there at the altar. Accept what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Maybe you and I are not going to add 3,000 to the church's number that day. That might not be your calling but maybe one. And not one in the sense, have you come and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because when they know the Holy Spirit, they'll know what to do there. But to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Leave the fears, the apprehensions when you come. Take him with you. I know that today, in each of our lives, we'll come across one person on this Pentecost Sunday. Maybe it's the person we love, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, someone just in passing at the store, whatever we're doing. Maybe tomorrow, a coworker. Something will be done with an opportunity to share the knowledge and love of Jesus. Not in a theological way, not while someone is reaching for the spaghettios that you go and talk to them, but by what they see you do and say in the kind word, good morning, ma'am. Let me get that for you. If it goes further, it does. Those are the little things that the power comes. Think about what 50 days did to 12 apostles and disciples. Fear was alleviated. May the power of the Holy Spirit then come upon us so that without fear, we will know him and love him and serve him and be happy with him in this world and live with him in that land where there is no fear forever and forever. Amen.